A reading from the Gospel of Mary. Will matter then be destroyed or not, the Savior said. All natures are all natures, all forms, all creatures exist in and with one another, and they will be resolved again into their own roots. For the nature of matter is released into the roots of its nature. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Peter said to him, Since you have explained everything to us, tell us one other thing. What is the sin of the world? The Savior said, There is no sin, but it is you who make sin when you do the things that are like the nature of adultery, which is called sin. That is why the good came into your midst, coming to the good which belongs to every nature, in order to restore it to its root. Then he continued, he said, This is why you become sick and die, for you love what deceives you. One who understands, let him understand. Matter gives birth to a passion that has no likeness, because it proceeds from what is contrary to nature. Then there arises a disturbance in the whole body. Because of this I said to you, you shall become satisfied and not be persuaded. You shall be joined in the presence of the likeness of nature. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. When the Blessed One had said these things, he greeted them all, saying, Peace be with you. Bear my peace within yourselves. Beware that no one lead you astray, saying, Look over here, or look over there. For the child of humanity is within you. Follow it. Those who seek it will find it. Go then and proclaim the good news of the realm. Do not lay down any rules beyond what I determined for you, nor give a law like the lawgiver, lest you be confined by it. When he had said this, he departed. But they were pained. They wept greatly, saying, How shall we go to the nations and proclaim the good news of the child of humanity? If they did not spare him, how will they spare us? Then Mary stood up. She greeted them all and said to her brothers and sisters, Do not weep and be pained nor doubt, for all his grace will be with you and shelter you. But rather let us praise his greatness, for he has prepared us and made us humans. When Mary said this, she turned their heart to the good, and they began to discuss the words of the Savior. The word of the Lord. So I'm guessing some of that sounded familiar. But the author of the gospel, I'm pretty sure, is unfamiliar. Well, not the author in and of herself, but that there's a gospel attributed to Mary Magdalene. The overriding message of the Gospel of Mary is about becoming fully human. I talked to Debbie and Russell about preaching on the Gospel of Mary, and fortunately they both said, I can't believe you're preaching on the Gospel of Mary when I'm going to be gone. <clears throat> so I do have their blessing. Um, and my plan is, between Debbie and I, to continue to preach on the Gospel of Mary throughout the summer. 
So the Gospel of Mary has an interesting history um, in, in modern times. In, in 1896, Dr. Carl Reinhardt bought bought a papyrus manuscript at an antiques market in Cairo. It eventually became clear that it was a 5th century CE papyrus codex, protected inside its original leather and papyrus cover, written in the Coptic language. He took the book to Berlin, where it was displayed in the Egyptian Museum. Eventually, the Egyptologist Carl Schmidt translated it into German. The Berlin Codex, as it is now referred to, also includes two other apocryphal texts, the Apocryphon of John and the Sophia of Jesus. By 1912, Schmidt's edition was ready for publication and was sent to a press in Leipzig. The printer was nearing completion of the final sheets when a burst water pipe destroyed the entire edition. Soon after, Europe was plunged into World War I. Schmidt resurrected the project after the war, but his death in 1938 caused further delay. The task of publishing ultimately fell to Walter Till in 1941. In the meantime, in 1917, a small third century Greek fragment of the Gospel of Mary had been found in Egypt. It was largely the same, including the missing pages, but provided a few variants and additional evidence of the work's early date and composition in Greek. Till incorporated the new evidence and by 1943 it was ready to go to press. But now, of course, World War II made the publication impossible. By the time the war was over, the discovery at Nag Hammadi of ancient texts had occurred. There was no copy of the Gospel of Mary, but the other two texts from the Berlin Codex were found there. Till continued to work on incorporating new information, but eventually, after 12 years, he gave up on the project. The first Gospel of Mary with German translation was eventually printed in 1955. Yet another third century Greek fragment of the Gospel of Mary was found along the Nile in Lower Egypt and published in 1983. So a little recap. We now have portions of three copies of the Gospel of Mary dating from antiquity. Two of them are Greek manuscripts dating from the early third century CE, and one in Coptic, dating from the fifth century CE. The Coptic language is still in use in Egypt and spoken almost exclusively by Coptic Christians there. In both of the more complete texts, the first six pages are missing. So when Lori started reading, it's the beginning of the seventh page of the Codex. There's also four pages missing in the middle of the Gospel. So far, there's no evidence that the Gospel of Mary was ever recopied after the fifth century. So we don't know whether it was actively suppressed or dropped out of circulation. 
But if we think about it, in the Synoptic Gospels, in the Gospel of John, every telling of the crucifixion and resurrection includes Mary Magdalene as the first witness to the resurrection. And it must have been known so widely amongst the first and second generations of the early church that they couldn't, they couldn't take it out. They had to leave it in there. Even though so many other references to women in positions of legitimate leadership were erased from the synoptic gospels. Or maybe they were just, as most things are, written from the perspective of the people in the time that they were at and telling the story from their perspective. But they did get chosen, the four that we have, got chosen in the fourth century CE. And everything else was deemed her heresy. Interestingly enough, in the southern part of France, which is known as the Occitan, and sometimes it's referred to as the Languedoc, which essentially means the language of the Occitan, there is an over 1,000-year oral tradition and an extensive Coptic text, which they call the Gospel of the Beloved Companion. This is the area of France where the Carthaginian Crusades took place. And much of the community, the spiritual community there was wiped out, but not all of it. And that tradition continued, has continued until today. That text and those people in that community which has existed for over a thousand years, considers Mary Magdalene to be the beloved companion, which it's something that I've always considered to be true. Just given what I've read in the four gospels that were chosen to be the official ones. So that gospel of the beloved companion, who's Mary Magdalene, has never been available outside that community in the Languedoc. Until recently, there's been a French and English translation by, I'm going to kill this name, Jehan de Quillen in 2010. But more on that later this summer. So what does the Gospel of Mary and other Gospels tell us about the early Jesus movement? Well, one thing is that there are many different threads or ways of understanding the teachings of Jesus, kind of like today. Those ways of understanding and the people who engaged in them were in conversation with each other, or at the very least, knew of the other oral traditions. 
how do we know that that's true? Well, there's many similarities between the Gospels chosen in the fourth century. There's also many similarities between some of the Nag Hammadi texts, like the Gospels of Thomas and Philip, and both the four chosen and the Gospel of Mary. There's also similarities between the letters of Paul and the other texts, and the Gospel of Mary. And the same names of the apostles are across all the texts that are considered gospel texts that we know of. Not every name appears in every one, but there's no outliers. <laughs> so in what Lori read for us, the beginning, will matter then be destroyed or not? And the Savior said, all natures, all forms, all creatures exist in and with one another. And they will be resolved again into their own roots. And for me, that is just a really clear statement about the interconnectedness of the universe. Of you and I and all the people in Ukraine and all the people in Russia, and all the people who are grieving in Texas, and all the people who want something different than what we want. This is one of those, say, this is one of those phrases that is in the Gospel of Mary that's in a lot of the different Gospels. Uh, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And that's one of those familiar phrases from the that we usually hear when we're at church. The next, the next uh, piece of reading, um, when Peter asks, since you've explained everything to us, tell us one other thing. What is the sin of the world? And Peter asks questions like that in all the Gospels. Um, that's not unusual. And so would Jesus says at that point is that there is no sin in the world, that sin is not something that exists outside in the world. Sin is essentially when we separate from our most divine selves, when we separate from our dignity and we behave in ways that are other than what it means to be fully human. And so what does it mean to be fully human? I think we talk a lot about here in the House of Mercy, as Debbie would say, um, you know, God came into the world in a body and that cries and has a runny nose and digests things and all those things to teach us something about being fully human and how to access that which we have in this, in this journey. A lot of people consider themselves to be hu uh, human, human beings on a spiritual path. And I actually consider myself to be a spiritual being currently on a human path. And so our spirits or our souls are learning something about how to be completely human, maybe for our next journey. 
I don't know. So Jesus is saying that sin is the things that we do, but it doesn't exist as its own thing out in the world, which is kind of an interesting thing because the stance of this particular gospel then is maybe that the nature of the world is good. And our true nature as humans is also good. And then other things get in the way. And so after this, it says the Savior departs. Um, and this is, this is a passage that actually is in the letters uh, that are attributed to Paul. Um, I grew up Catholic, and so um, <laughs> a, a couple months ago, Julie was going to read the uh, reading for church, and I sent her the text this week so she could look up what the reading was going to be. And she texted me back, and she says, there's four readings. I don't know which one I'm supposed to do. And I say, well, just do the gospel reading. It's only Catholics that read them all. <laughs> So every Sunday we heard from one of the epistles um, or letters of Paul. Um, And so in this section, beware that no one lead you astray saying, look over here or look over there, for the child of humanity is within you. Follow it. Those who seek it will find it. Go then and proclaim the good news of the realm. And here's the part that's similar to Paul. Do not lay down any rules beyond what I determined for you, nor give a law like the lawgiver, lest you be confined by it. When he had said this, he departed. So, In the scholars that I've read that have really been wrestling with the text of Mary, many people believe that this is the time where Jesus appears in the upper room to the disciples after the resurrection. Because what comes right after this is Mary comforting the other followers. But this deal about do not lay down any rules beyond what I determined for you, nor give a law like the lawgiver, lest you be confined by it, I think is pretty interesting, and it's kind of house of mercy-ish. It's about follow the teaching. Follow the teaching. Don't create a bunch of rules and laws because then you become a slave to them and they capture you and perhaps it's one of the things that leads to sin, leads to the actions that become the sin. And very specifically, Mary talks about 
Jesus saying, for the child of humanity is within you. And the child of humanity here is translated in other places as the son of man. But I think it has a little bit different flavor in this context. In that what Jesus came to teach in a body on a planet with a bunch of other bodies is that what he brought into the world we all have within us. That being truly human. And all who seek will find it. So the very last part that Lori read tonight um, is very familiar too, right? Uh, But they were pained. They wept greatly saying, how shall we go to the nations and proclaim the good news of the child of humanity? If they did not spare him, how will they spare us? And here's where it differs. Then Mary stood up. She greeted them all and said to her brothers and sisters, do not weep and be pained nor doubt, for all his grace will be with you and shelter you. But rather, let us praise his greatness, for he has prepared us and made us humans. When Mary said this, she turned their heart to the good, and they began to discuss the words of the Savior. So in the Gospel of Mary, it's very clear that the kingdom of heaven or the child of humanity is within us. And that that realm and God is the good. You know, it occurs to me that after over 10 years of listening to the sermons and all the people and the conversations I've had at different events with people from the House of Mercy, that I think quite a few of us, I know myself, for a very, very long time, before I ever read anything about the Gospel of Mary, are kind of aligned with the teaching from this gospel that were received by Mary Magdalene from her Rabboni.